Hey, this is Brent Jensen. You're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. Brought to you by Pariah Pickups, handcrafting otherworldly guitar pickups in Detroit. Check them out at pariahpickups.com. To support the No Sleep Till Sudbury show on Patreon, you can visit patreon.com slash Brent Jensen Music. This week, I welcome Mr. Alex Heward to the show. Alex is the host of the Release Day series, which has lately also become a podcast. Alex has made some contributions to the No Sleep Till Sudbury show, and he's here this week to talk about a little surprise that we both have for you in the way of collaboration. Check it out. Alex Heward, welcome, sir. How are you doing? Brent, I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me on the show, man. I've I've had my list ready for about two years <laughs> listening to this. I've just been waiting for the call. And uh, it must have been a slow week because I finally got it. Oh, now you're making me feel bad. <laughs> oh, Oh, well, that's terrible. I'm sorry. No, I just, you, you've had a lot. Of, you've had a lot of great guests, man. I, I like it's it's been awesome to listen to the show. Like I started listening to about a year, year and a bit ago, I mm. think just after you and I met because I yeah. met you at an Indie Week show and I recognized you. I went up to you and I said, hey, Brent, I'm Alex Heward. I haven't listened to your podcast, but I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's good. That's that's honest. So you were very forthright and you said, I've not listened to it yet. However, I appreciate that. So we, we got off to uh, a good start there, you and I. We did. Absolutely. Yeah. And then that just kind of gave me some confidence to follow up with something I was working on. And man, it's been great to just connect with you ever since, uh, I don't know, just after the pandemic started last year. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, been, it's, been, it's been great to be friends with you now. Well, you and I have talked about working together on something, and we're going to get to that in a second. But I, before we do that, Alex, I want to talk about the very wonderful release day series. I've talked about it on the show previously, but you do great work on this thing. It's, it started out as a video segment that outlined new releases from indie artists, and, and upon seeing it for the first time, I was immediately impressed by the, the quality of the work. I yeah, just thank you. I, I thought it was fantastic. But I also I loved its intention. Because your your intention is to shine a light on indie artists who, you know, are about to release quality work that mm-hmm. may not be seen without the marketing heft of a major label. So I, I thought that was really great. Yeah. No, thanks, man. Yeah. And and that's uh that, that's that was the idea. You know, once the pandemic hit, I was we were obviously all shuttered from the world and I just wanted to still somehow be involved in the music world and had some connections and knew some artists that were releasing some new music. So yeah, it started out as a video series and you know, we'll we'll try and continue with that. It's a lot of work. Uh, at the time I was laid off and uh, we didn't have a second child. <laughs> so mm-hmm. things were a little bit easier to uh, to crack down on doing the video stuff. So, you know, we just transitioned it into a, a podcast, but it also opened the door for us to to talk to a few more artists and exactly that's it man shine, shine a light on some of the talent and uh, and you know i guess underground artists that uh, you know others may not have heard of so mm-hmm. i appreciate you uh, you bringing it up and, and mentioning it because it's it's been a lot of fun to work on me and my friend Graham Beery. we just we have a ton of fun doing this it's great to talk to the artists and every every week we just get to hang out talk music and i mean what's better than that i was just gonna say what's better than that right yeah now you and I have saying earlier that, that we've been talking for a little while about working together on something and we just couldn't really figure it out. But I think that we have finally come up with it in the last uh, little while here. 
So you yes. have been a very kind and engaged supporter of the show for a while now, and I appreciate that. And and you and I would you know talk about aspects of no sleep till Sudbury episodes after you'd listened to them, which I thought was really mm-hmm. cool. And and recently during one of those conversations, you shared with me that through the playlists that guests bring to the show, uh, you sometimes learn about music that you know you might not have necessarily paid attention to otherwise. So quite specifically, Andy Curran brought in yep. Aerosmith's Toys in the Attic. And that mm-hmm. was a song that you said, oh, you know, I kind of, I, I knew about it, but I didn't really, you know, kind of focus on it. Yeah, exactly. Even Aerosmith as a band, it just wasn't one that stood out to me to to go in and, and listen to. And when he had mentioned, I think it was No More, No More was the song that he picked. So I went and, and listened to the the album in full and I was like, man, this, this rocks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, which was their their next album, but you know, I just thought it was a, 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 a an awesome album. I don't think I would have ever really gone to to listen to Aerosmith had I not heard from Andy what mm. what he how it felt for him. Now, are, are we allowed to disclose your age on the show? Oh, go for it. <laughs> well, do you even know how old I am? I don't know if we even talked about this. I believe that you're 31 years old. Is that right? Okay, all right. You're you're right. Yeah, there that's you go. it. <laughs> but the reason why I'm saying that is because as a 31-year-old, I'm 52. So, you know, I would know Aerosmith, right? And, and they were even before me. Mm-hmm. Like Aerosmith was not, you know, Guns N' Roses basically was my Aerosmith. So it's it's almost two generations removed from you. I just thought it was yep. fantastic that, and I, I get it, you, you had heard of it, but you really kind of dug into the album and said, Jesus Christ, this is great music. Totally. Yeah, So absolutely. that was really cool. I, I was glad that that happened. Yeah. And one other, I just got to say too, because Sean Kelly had a great episode and he introduced me to the Kim Mitchell mm. EP uh, with Kids in Action. And I've been blasting that EP ever since that episode that came out with him. So thank you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you. And thank you, Kim, because now I've, now I've gone down a Kim Mitchell rabbit hole yeah. as well. And uh, man, honestly, the podcast, when I hear those stories from your guests, it just really, it connects me to the music more. And again, that's why I want to go check it out because now I, I have this sort of, hear this personal touch to the songs and I'm like, okay, this is this is a little bit more than just hearing it for the first time. And, uh, you know, music back then, it sort of paved the way for music now. And, and that's where I think, you know, you got to pay respect to the artists and the bands and the musicians and the creators from back then to, you know, appreciate what's coming out now. Uh, I think that's great. Um, so that's where the idea came from. So do yeah. you want to, do you want to explain the idea or do you want me to do it? Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I'd let you know, I had never heard toys in the attic and, you know, we get on weekly calls just to, uh, to shoot the shit and, you know, just talk about what we're working on. And it sort of, it finally kind of spawned this idea, which was like, Hey, you know, you know, this music pretty well. I don't. What if you gave me an album to listen to every week? and go back and listen to it. And the next week, you and I will sit down and talk about it. And we'll have this sort of generational conversation about about the album that, you know, you have a personal connection to and that, you know, you know more about or, you know, have just more of an idea of, you know, the time and the music. And I'm just kind of listening to it for the first time in, you know, 2021, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and just allowing that, uh, the effect of the album to weigh on me now. And, uh, yeah, so that's the, we'll, we'll get together every week and you'll give me an album to listen to, or, you know, maybe I'll throw you an album to listen to mm. that, 
you know, means something to me. And, uh, you know, we'll just come back and, and chat about it and, uh, you know, just give our perspective from, again, this sort of generational difference. I think it's a brilliant idea. I think it, I, <laughs> was that was that clear and concise enough? I should have pulled out. You wrote a great piece about it. I I mean I hope I sold it enough for people to want no, to listen it, to it. I, it's great, right? I, I mean, it doesn't. I don't think it matters how you sell it. I think the, the, just the idea of it is cool. It's it's guys who are you know the, yeah. the age uh, difference is you know fairly substantial, but just yeah. a combination of perspectives from those two points totally. can be really interesting for albums like yeah. you know Toys in the Attic, and you know you give me one. And I'll come back and, and we'll have a conversation. I think it's going to be great. Absolutely. No, I, I'm going to find a DMX album for you to listen to. <laughs> and then we'll uh, <laughs> come back and have a, have a good chat. I'm just kidding. Hey. I don't know. I don't know much DMX. So <laughs> I'm, I'm open, man. I'm very much open. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it'll be awesome. It'll be fun. It'll be, I've already done, started doing some research on Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. And I love this, man. I, I, I think it's fantastic. It just gives, gives me an opportunity to, to dive into artists and bands that I might not otherwise have done so with. So I'm doing some research as well, but certainly bringing my own perspective of what and how I heard the album to the, to our conversation. Awesome. You know, one of the most rewarding aspects of doing this show has been, you know, to learn about music from people who hold it dear, you know, songs I would, mm-hmm. I would have never even known about from genres I might not have even heard of. I've just, I've learned so much, you know, I put together playlists based on, you know, people's selections and stuff I've yep. never heard of. So it's uh, it's a fantastic thing, man. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that that the idea that we had was was born of that concept. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. And and I mean, the kicker is we're it's going to be a video thing. You know, we're going to we're considering the, the video side of it as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll uh, we'll see what we can we can pull off there and people can see us <laughs> and how we react <laughs> that, that's that's the big switch for me because you know in doing this for four years i never really embraced the video aspect of it just for whatever reason but you know when you and i had been talking i had said to you you know i think it was in january i said like i really have to to incorporate video into this somehow and mm-hmm. um i think it's going to be really cool that we're going to do that via you know whatever platform we end up using but it'll it just adds another kind of level of of interest to it yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like it's, you know, like we've been saying too, right? It's just kind of about getting started and just get in there and say, you know, we want to do it. Okay, let's do it. You know, we're going to record this thing and we came up with the idea two weeks ago. Let's just do it. Oh, it'll be, it'll be great. Hey, listen, you know, people unbox toys on YouTube and get paid for it. So good point. Yes. There's a lot of things people get paid for <laughs> that I can't believe I don't. So that's for sure. Yeah. All right. So we're probably going to kick that off this week, I think, aren't we? We'll do a couple of pilots and see how it works. Yeah, get into the groove, right? Right. Get a feel for it, you know, mm-hmm. see how see how well, uh, you know, you and I work together and, uh, you know, throw a couple punches and, you know, it'll be it'll be great. <laughs> That's right. No, it will be good. I, I'm totally looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it will be. Uh, okay, man. So are you ready to talk about these tunes that you sent over? I, I am. Yeah, absolutely. In the spirit of the show, you are yes. going to talk about your five songs yep. that make your skin vibrate. And yep. uh, a couple that will require uh, educating me because I do not know them. Yep. But uh, again, that's that's the spirit of the show, right? So first one is Tom Petty. I know this one. Learning to Fly. I mean, look, this song 
your skin vibrates every time for me anyways the, the song comes on i mean i know it's you know four chords it's super pop rock there's just something about this song and if you've seen the live version as well uh it is just incredible to hear an audience sing this song to him and the way that he just accepts them like that's the big thing about tom petty that i love is how he just he loves his fans he knows if it wasn't for the fans he wouldn't be there and he's very outspoken about that it's a song that to me is something that i'm learning to do you know all the time you know maybe as corny as it sounds but i just feel like i put myself in situations where i'm I'm learning all the time it just seems like such an anthem for me you know mm-hmm. always just finding these new things to to fly with and it's just something that that keeps coming back to me i I had a a band very very short stint with a band in 2016 2017 and uh you know we had a show coming up just after he passed away and Mm. i made sure that we threw this song into the mix and you know, it was it's an opportunity to, you know, pay tribute to him at the time. Yeah, there's just everything about this this song, the from the the chord structure. I mean, it's a great album. Until the Great Wide Open. Mm-hmm. Uh Come Come At Me People is the greatest <laughs> album, in my opinion, ever. So that that's one thing about Into the Great Wide Open and produced by Jeff Lynn and the song is also mm-hmm. written with Jeff Lynn. He's just helped Tom create two incredible albums and full moon fever and and into the great wide open so it's just uh i really wish i had a chance to to see him when when he was still with us mm-hmm. i was lucky enough to see him in the 90s in toronto his shows are like a greatest hits rendition, oh, yeah. right? it's just like hit after hit it it's kind of staggering you think holy crap like he's got like a massive amount of greatest hits, totally right? totally i mean you you listen to an album of his and you you somehow you know every song mm-hmm. off of the album, yeah. especially in learning to fly in Full Moon Fever. Uh, I mean, and then Wildflowers is not a, it's not a Heartbreakers album, but there are just so many songs that he's written that you're like, oh my goodness, like I I know this song, but mm-hmm. I I just didn't realize that it was him or I heard it. It's just it's incredible, and you know, just on that greatest hits tip, I mean, like when he they've asked him to you know record his greatest hits album, and then they wanted a new song for it, he wrote Mary Jane's Last Dance. And that was yeah. not a song he had written any other time other than to put it on a greatest hits. And I wanted to go platinum <laughs> as yeah. a single, like just incredible, just an amazing songwriter. Everything about Tom Petty is to me amazing. So mm-hmm. there sw- swoon fanboy over Tom, Tom Petty. Like <laughs> I, I love the guy I've watched running down a dream his three hour, three and a half hour documentary three or four times. So wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it, a man. fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's learning to fly. Understandably so. He's uh, definitely one of the greats. There's no question. Two more greats next Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash, Girl from the North Country. Yeah, I know. This, this originally came out on Bob's Freewheeling, Freewheeling Bob Dylan album. But I, I first, I, got, I was a late bloomer with Bob Dylan. Uh, for a long time, I couldn't handle his voice. So I feel like I had to grow up, start appreciating music a little bit more. So, uh, and, and him and his ability as a writer. So in 2017, I finally got into Bob Dylan. And this happened to be upon a trip to, to Nashville. And following that, there was a, actually a Bob Dylan exhibit at the uh, Country Music Hall of Fame that I had taken in while we were there. Me and my, my wife had taken in, and I just, I just dove right in to Bob. 
I was just, mm-hmm. that sounds terrible, but I just got right into his music. <laughs> and, uh, and so then, uh, they had video clips and songs playing and girl from the North country, the Bob Dylan and Johnny cash version came on. And this is off of his album, Nashville skyline, when he kind of dove into country music mm-hmm. and, uh, the song came on and I was just like captivated by it. And I, and I love to see the relationship between Bob and Johnny, the way that they were playing it on the show, just everything about that captured me. And then I really sat down and listened to it. I downloaded the album, listened to it on the way home. And that song, it's a beautiful love slash breakup song, but to me, it can be just so much more than that. Just thinking back to this person, to, to anybody that, you know, you think back, you know, see for me if their hair is hanging long, that is like, it's like, just see, are they the same? Or are they, are they different? Let me know. Like, like, what is it about them? Like, and Hey, make sure that they're wearing a warm coat, like just still having this care for Mm -hmm. this person. I think we all have somebody like that, whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, a a love that we've moved on from or a friend that we no longer see, or, you know, just there's something about that. I feel like it just totally is just so relatable to, to, to many of us. And certainly to me, just the way that is an anthem for remembering and and in nostalgia and hoping that things are are still the same when you know they're probably not so just beautiful yeah no i agree it is emblematic of a nostalgic almost a, a commemoration of the past that's something i really have always loved about it and what a great record you know this first came out on free will in, in 1963 Oh man, that is such a fantastic record. It is. It is a great album. I mean, Don't Think Twice is on there. Mm. Uh, Oxford Town. I love Oxford Town. Like, there's just so much on that album that is, I mean, what a sophomore album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Blow It in the Wind. Like, it's it's amazing. Yes. And, and just kind of a like a sweet song. You know, Bob Dylan's known for being acerbic, you know, and, and a little bit cutting. You know, this is just a, a really, it's a beautiful folk song. Yeah, it's interesting eh, to sort of see that turn. You know what? What was it like? What, 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 you know, was it was it Susie Rotolo? Who knows? You know, like what was it about <laughs> that? You know, like that uh, that kind of changed him a little bit uh, later mm-hmm. on. But it, yeah, his his first two albums. I mean, it's so raw. It's it's crazy. Like to listen from there to to today. But you know, from the the '60s into the '70s and the '80s, the way that he just man, he just evolved with the times and obviously was, you know, breaking ground. And he's again, just like with Tom, I mean, and these guys toured together, you know, they backed up Bob mm-hmm. Dylan. It's incredible songwriters and they, they recognize that and they made the traveling Wilburys together. And again, with Jeff Lynn, like guys that really love doing what they, they are doing or did. You're right. Rich, rich music. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to educate me on, on your next pick here. Yeah. I, I know nothing about this song nor the artist. It's it's Oliver Arnold's, I believe, and the song is 3055. That's correct. This, to me, is more of a personal connection. But this, so Oliver is an Icelandic composer. Mm-hmm. And this whole album, Eulogy for Revolution, again, I could put this entire album on, but it is essentially, you know, the, from what I've, and I've had to read up on it as well, is... Uh, about this idea of human existence and uh, eulogy for a revolution is what you know some articles have have said and it's just beautiful I, you know he composed it when he was he, or wrote it at least when he was 18 years old 
born in 86, composed it when he was 18. And, you, you know, you, you know, so many composers, even, you know, in the Victorian days that are, you know, young when they created their first sonatas or whatever. But this album is just beautiful. And this song in particular was the song that introduced me to him. And I believe I heard it first on eight tracks when that wow. website was around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this came out in 2007. So like that's when I heard the song was was on eight tracks. And I loved that website. I'm not going to get on a huge side tangent, but that was like the best way for me to discover music was eight tracks hmm. or last.fm. They just had so many songs that you just I was not hearing on the radio. Obviously mm-hmm. wasn't hearing on CDs and it was before Spotify and discovery through Apple Music. So that's where this song popped up for me. Hmm. A few years later, I ended up getting back into it, so probably around 2014. Okay. I got the whole album and started really getting getting back into it. And the, the real personal connection for me was I would listen to this album back and forth between Whitby and Toronto as I would commute to work. I was huge into zombies and zombie books and graphic novels. Any chance I would get, I would go to Indigo, I would buy the latest Walking Dead graphic novel or there's another place uh, another graphic novel called dmz it's not a zombie thing but a lot of post-apocalyptic stuff mm-hmm. and i would put this album on and this song would always come on at like just what seemed like the most opportune times when <laughs> there was just absolute disarray or you know there was uh you know an attack going on or it was just like it was almost perfect because just the way that everything seemed to line up with what i was reading every Mm. time i would i would have to look up and remind myself that i was on the go train because i would (laughs) i felt like i was just like engulfed in this zombie world or this this post-apocalyptic era that you know really sucked me in and and this music is compositions were a very real part of sucking me into that and i just every time i would go i would put this on and and that's you know it didn't matter what part of the book i was at what part everything was just was just perfect so that's that's what that song really means to me is is sort of a soundtrack to (laughs) that part of my my life which was also a real growing point for me uh in finally graduating from college, having a full-time job. And, you know, that just sort of is what this this song and this moment represents for me with that one. So nothing super deep dive in behind the, the meaning of the track, but, you know, just more so that personal connection and the way that the song makes me feel and what it makes me think about and remember back when, uh, when I was, uh, when I was a young and Brent, that is the, the, <laughs> you still are a young and my friend, <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's awesome. I, that's really cool. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Well know, done. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to check the song out. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. And maybe read something post-apocalyptic while you're at it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get crazy. You know, yeah. read, maybe read the Globe and Mail tomorrow oh. or maybe read the Toronto Star. Anything yeah. in the news will, will go well with this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No G for evolution. So yeah, yeah, exactly. The decline of Western civilization. That's it. It's all around us. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh james taylor is next with fire and rain yeah curious about this one uh, yeah look i i've never been addicted to heroin so i don't have that kind of a a connection (laughs) to the song but no i know i know (laughs) this song i mean sonically like again the music music, james taylor again just another one like tom petty and bob dylan the guy is a fantastic songwriter and uh yeah uh you know just the opening 
words. And just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. You know, you kind of just think about that. You're like, man, like what? You know, that's that's tough, you know, when you think about it. And then you hear the story that they actually, you know, this is about his friend, Suzanne, who who passed away. They His friends didn't tell him, you know, for a month after she had she had passed away because they felt like he was in such a good place with his music career that if he heard that she had passed away, uh, it could have, you know, put a strain on what he was doing or derailed him. So they'd let him know a month after his friend had passed away. So, mm. you know, just hearing that, but I mean, just even the rest of the song being again, sort of about his heroin addiction and then a little bit about his past. I mean, it's just somebody that has had uh, a quite a life. I feel like so many people don't need to have those types of experiences to really connect with. You know, I've seen fire, I've seen rain, I've seen sunny days that I thought it would never end. You know, it's just, there's these these feelings, I think, that the song and the chorus really brings that so many people can just connect with again that, and that I connect with, you know, again, you can put it on sort of at any time, you know, no matter how you're feeling and feel a little bit of just, yeah, James, he gets me. And I mm-hmm. felt like with this song, he really, you know, just really got me and I, I really got him. And then, you know, did some more looking into the, into the meanings behind the songs and you know, another thing, again, like I mentioned with Tom Petty is, you know, great, great dad, you know, and, and James Taylor's father, you know, picked him up and helped him when he was sort of on his on his last ropes in New York and, again, di- addicted to heroin and had called his dad. His dad told him to stay where he was and came and picked him up. And hmm. and uh, and the next, you know, he found himself in Apple uh, Studios, Apple Records in, in, <laughs> in England playing for Paul McCartney and George Harrison maybe about a month after that. Then he was signed to Apple Records. You know, it's it's incredible just to hear those stories and and then manifest themselves into music like this, and you know, just be able to connect with with it on on that level. Again, fire and rain. It's just who who hasn't seen fire, who hasn't seen rain, and sometimes you need those days to really reflect and think back. And that's what the song helps me do, and and then it helps me feel okay afterwards. Yeah. Mm, I like that. I have a friend who was very severely impacted by the song in the mm. sense that she thought as a kid, she heard the, the, the lyric flying machines in pieces on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she thought it was about a plane crash. Therefore planes do crash. Therefore maybe I shouldn't get on one for fear of it crashing, you know? Uh-huh. So this belief system was kind of put in her mind at a very young age and she still gets nervous about flying but the lyric is actually reflective of the fact that he james taylor was in a band called flying machine and it broke up and that's what the lyric represents but it's funny because to this day she still has that like there's a stigma attached to flying because of fire and rain yeah and again it's that impact that hold that this kind of music and the music mm-hmm. these songwriters were were writing then you know that it just had that way with with listeners you know mm-hmm. I, I i can't say i felt that much with it like to that extent but i can totally understand how people would take what they're saying if they really feel this resonance with the music as the music you know kind of should then that's that's the power of music mm-hmm. oh certainly yeah in in every respect right the story you just told the story i just told you i mean there's so many it just i, I just love that um, you know, be it positive or negative, just the, the the power of resonance that music has. It's it's incredible when you really consider the scope of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, educate me once again, sir. Classified <laughs> is your last song, all about you. Who is classified? 
Yeah, Classified is a, a rapper from Enfield, Nova Scotia. Yeah, mm. good, good old Canadian boy. And uh, I was introduced to him uh, back in college in 2008. My buddy Casey, I got so hooked. It was it's music that you know not not that I can entirely relate to, but I was you know it's a white rapper and he, and everything he sings about is so it's just so real like like he just sings with his he's got his friends on the albums and and he just can take songs that are really about like his current surroundings or you know just anything you know for at the time it was all about smoking weed and uh partying and like it was college so that's all we were doing. So it was like, man, yeah, like this is like, yeah, classified is great. And then he came to our school and he mm-hmm. performed and we were all into it. And uh, I would see him more times after that. He does he does this thing uh, where he, he plays this song at shows, which is so all about you. It's classified featuring another artist, Chad Hatcher. I'd never seen Chad Hatcher tour with him. Anyways, when he played the song, he said, my friend Chad Hatcher isn't here. I need somebody to come up and sing this song with me. Uh-oh. Yeah. So he did this once. He did this once at a show in Oshawa, and this guy got up to rap the song with him, and it was terrible. And I was like, "Oh, I, th- I, th- I thought you were uh, going to say it was you." <laughs> oh no, 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 no! That t- no, it was so this guy. Yeah, exactly right. So this guy got up on stage, and it was just, it was just bad. And I was like, "Oh man, like oh. I probably could have done a better job than that." That's a huge risk, you know, doing that sort of thing. Oh, you, it is. You, you see that all the time, where and I don't know if it's staged or not, but like you know. Michael Bublé and you two bringing people up, which I think is is amazing. It's really cool. But if it's real, the propensity for it to go wrong is very significant. Totally. Yeah. And and he's done this a few times. He's had a few people come up. Some people have done a good job. Some people haven't. And I'll tell you what, Brent, (laughs) I saw saw him play at Young Dundas Square. Okay. It's been 2010, maybe 2011. All right. And he did the same thing. Okay, he said, I need somebody to help rap this song with me. And so I remembered the Oshawa show and I was like, I'm not going to lose out on this one. So I went crazy in the crowd. He picked me. He picked me. And I went up and uh, I'm going to tell you, it was a blur. But um, (laughs) but based on the crowd reaction at the very end, uh, I think I did pretty well. Uh, (laughs) So I got up and I rapped the song with him in front of like, I don't know. I, it was probably a couple thousand people in Young Dundas, Oof, and wow. and it was like man, like just the coolest thing ever. So so not only there's there's that for me with that connection, and just you know listening through like every classified album after that, I was just I was on and and it, it, I was listening to and. I'm just so into it. But all about you again is sort of like this this message of hope. It's like it's all about you. It's um, life's not what you take. It's all about the promises you make. It's it's just so. It's just so good. Like it's just such a, a positive uh, message. Again, for for people that might just be in a bad place or 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 down, and you know, you just kind of need this pick me up. And and all about you always did that for me as well as well. You know, many of these songs I'm on my list. It's I have found myself in you know just some places where I've just felt really uh, alone, and and this one especially is just kind of like even before even before I got to got to sing it with them. You know, I'm missing home. I'm at college. I'm missing home right now. I'm going to put mm-hmm. on this song because, you know, it just has this this connection for me. It's okay. It's all good, man. Like, and there's somebody that gets it. You know, this guy's kind of rapping to you, or you know, and, mm-hmm. and that's that's that connection with, with this song uh, really for me that, that makes my skin vibrate is just 
knowing that I can put this on and, and you know, be transported back to a time when I just, you know, now that I think about it, life was pretty easy, <laughs> felt mm. pretty hard back then, but it was just this time where, you know, uh, I just needed, uh, I just needed to hear these lyrics. And that was a big part of uh, what all about you did for me. Awesome. That's great. That is so great. Yeah, man. You hit it on the head, man. Well done. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Well, this was this was great, man. I appreciate you let me uh, let me come on with these songs. <laughs> this is your first time, so how, how how do you think you did? How do you feel like you did? I, I feel I feel pretty good. I feel like I talked a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mouth's a little dry, but um, no, you know I you know hey, I just hope that you know somebody's listening and and uh, you know maybe maybe says hey, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go check out Classified or I'm gonna go check out uh, you know Oliver or I need to I need to listen to James again and. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of, you know, introduces them to uh, to one of these songs at uh, at a time when they need it most. Yeah, I think you will find that that will happen. <laughs> so good for you. I th- I th- hey, it did great. Thank you. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I, it was awesome. I look forward to uh, our next little project together. I think it's going to be pretty cool. I'll keep people updated as to when that happens and where they can find it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait, man. That's that's going to be great. We're we'll the, I think we're we're going to have a ton of fun chatting about about those albums. We will for sure. We will. Yeah. Okay, listen, I'm going to uh, wrap up the show, but stay on. You got it. All right. So just hang on one sec. All right, folks. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen and my very special guest, Mr. Alex Heward. Till next time. Take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide. <laughs>